Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. The only disappointing thing is it's 48 hours away. It was a long time to wait. I uh, said to the guys in there, I want the game to happen tomorrow, and they were exactly the same, so we're ready. We're on top, moving at me, totally focused, look at the face. Totally focused, no time to waste, because I'm going to make you all know my name. And we're on top, moving at me, totally focused, too many to play. Too many want to play games, shame, because I'm never going to be lame. Hi, hi, and welcome to episode 132 of There's Still Time, the AFTN Soccer Podcast. I'm your host, Michael McCall, and I'm flying solo again for this episode. But don't worry, you're not going to have to listen to me rambling on too much. I'm just going to be here to kind of do some little snippets in between a lot of soundbite segments which we've got for you. But there's some really good stuff coming up. It's a... It's our special Vancouver-Portland preview show. I don't know about you, but I just cannot wait for Sunday. So much so that we brought you a podcast on Tuesday, and now we're bringing you another one now, because I I just have to get all this stuff out before I explode. I am that excited for the game on Sunday. Confident too. Very confident the Whitecaps are going to win. Get my prediction out now. It's going to be 2-0. Early goal for the Caps. Forcing Portland to open up. Hit them late with a second. 2-0. Western Conference Final, here we come. And as Adam and the Ants were singing about in the intro there, the Whitecaps making history. They have, of course, made history by, by getting to this stage. And whatever happens on Sunday, it's been a historic season for the Caps. First ever Canadian Championship. First ever CONCACAF Champions League run. Highest ever finish in MLS. Highest points total in MLS. Highest number of wins in MLS. Highest number of away wins in MLS. It's just been a great season all round. It would be terrible, really, for it to come to an end. Heartbreaking for it to come to an end on Sunday. I don't think it will. Let's not even consider that anymore. So what we've got coming up for you in this episode of the podcast, we're going to set the game up nicely. We're going to hear some audio first from Carl Robinson. And it's going to be audio that you, I think, most likely haven't heard anywhere else. I, I don't know if it's maybe floating around on some TV sites, maybe a couple of other podcasts. I don't think so, though. The Whitecast didn't video Carol talking in this segment, so this should be the first time you hear this. It was at training earlier this week, just Carol talking about the game, what he learned from the game on Sunday down in Portland, a 0-0 draw, what he's expecting from the Timbers when they come to BC Place, and and a few other things as well. So that's coming up very, very soon. We're also going to hear from the enemy, going to hear a little bit from Caleb Porter down Portland, just his thoughts on the game. We're going to bring you another Carl Robinson's big question. A double dose though, two big questions this week. Then we're also going to hear a little bit from a man who looks to be back fit and healthy, looks to be getting the start on Sunday, 
and could be the very difference maker in the game, Whitecaps captain Pedro Morales. Then from a player that is going to be playing on Sunday to one that sadly isn't, and that's going to be Pa Maducar. We're going to hear a little bit on some thoughts from Robo on Pa, then sit down with the man himself for 10 minutes in an excellent interview. Stay tuned to the end for that because it really is some good chat. But enough from me, let's just get straight to the chat now and let's hear from Whitecaps coach Carl Robinson. Again, you see chances that could have been converted that weren't converted. Is it still concerning for you? No, not at all. We went away from home um, in the first leg of a playoff match uh, to a very tough environment. It's the third time we've been there this year and we have been undefeated. So it's credit to the group. You know, the game plan was there. We'd like to have scored. We had chances to score. Uh, So did they at the end of the game. So we went there with that mentality and, you know, it could have been different on a different day for either team, but it wasn't. I said, now we've got to come home. We've got to win the game at home. If we win the game at home, we're through. How to use Pedro, uh, perhaps the most interesting or agonizing question of the week. It is, yeah. I think you see today in, in training how sharp he looks and done some extra running afterwards for the guys and yeah, he's flying, he's flying. Is so tempting to even start him? Or does he it not is have tempting. A, he not he is, he's our captain of our club and you know we've missed him for a number of games through the running. So it's you know you want your best players on the field, you want your important players on the field, so it's very tempting. Do you have any idea what he's capable of or is he telling you how many minutes he's capable of? No, I'll go on based upon what I see during the week with my eyes. I did in the lead up to the game on on Sunday. You know, obviously it was a might it was a the team set out on Sunday might be slightly different to the team set out on this Sunday. Um, but as I said, you, it's important we went into the first leg. You know, it wasn't going to be won in the first leg, but it certainly could be lost. And we had to make sure that we were in a position where we can take advantage now at home on Sunday. Could the could the game, with the fact that Chara might be coming back in Portland, and you have a decision to make a midfield to bring Morales in, be whoever wins the midfield battle? I think in any game of football, it's whoever comes out on top in midfield, you usually win the game and individual battles as well. If you can win six, seven, eight of your individual battles for your, your team, you'll win a game. So... I expect Chara to play. He's a good player for him. He comes in and does well. But, you know, as I said, we've got a number, two or three players that can come in and step in and do well for us as well. So, as I said, it's exciting. Real exciting build-up to the week weekend's games. Something got to look forward to. Carl, your team has twice been in this position where you had to win at home and you did over Houston at the end and then, of course, Montreal. I mean, is that an experience you can draw on and do you have faith in your young team to make it a third time in that situation? I do, without a doubt. You know, if I didn't have faith, then I wouldn't be here, believe me, in that. And, you know, I think both teams are pretty evenly matched. We're pretty similar. We've got similar home records. We've got similar away records. And it'll come down to which players perform on the day. You know, I've got full faith in my players. I'm sure Caleb has as well in his players. And, you know, as I said, let the games begin. You know, it should be an exciting, exciting game. You know, the stadium will be packed. We need our fans behind us see what a difference the fans make and they have been all year and they will be again on Sunday but it's one of those you just still too long away. Well you've proved all season that uh, having the majority of possession isn't necessary for you guys to win but you frequently lost the possession battle to Portland in an overwhelming fashion at times. Do you feel like you need to have more possession on Sunday? If I have more possession Gary, and I lose the game, will you um, yeah. give me credit for that? Or if I have less possession and win the game, will you give me more credit for that? Uh, you know, possession is, is great. Everyone wants to be a possession-orientated team, and Portland are a very good team in possession. But it's about winning. The game is about winning. We're undefeated against Portland this year, we know. You know, they beat us in our backyard last year. We beat them at home this year. Uh, Bayern Munich had 70% possession against Arsenal at the Emirates and lost 2-0. 
it doesn't really mean a lot to me, to be fair. It means scoring does, as you said there, miss chances. <laughs> that certainly matters. So we've got to make sure we tidy up on that. So ideally, maybe it's 50-50 split. There you go. And yeah. we win. You have the best route defensive breaker in MLS. David's up for the goalkeeper of the year. Ken is up for defender of the year. What have they meant to you in going into the playoffs with that strong defensive record? What kind of advantage does it give you? It's very important. Uh, you know, I identified at the start of this year, the end of last year, that we need more goals in the team. But what I didn't want to do, take away from it, was you know, our, our defensive you know, posture, our defensive play, and how important it was to keep clean sheets. You know, we've worked a lot on our defensive play throughout the year. And you know, the old saying goes, defence wins championships. And it does. It really does. You know, we know we need to score more goals uh, collectively and individually. And that's something we'll address again in, in the off-season. But, you know, if you're strong at the bat, the old Arsenal teams of, of old, you know, you've got a chance. And us being solid at the bat defensively gives us a chance to obviously have an opportunity in every game. And yes, we've taken advantage some games and, and no, we haven't in other games. And, you know, but it gives us an opportunity to do that. And they're two key pieces in, in the back I say this players. mostly in jest, but it's like, could you go nil-nil in every game and still make the MLS Cup just the way that the team's not scoring just now? Do you know what? Someone said to me the other day about Greece. I think they won the Euro Champs by uh, winning the Euro Champs on set pieces or, or something like that. I suppose it happens. Listen, I don't care how we get there as long as we can try and get there. And Everyone wants to play pretty football, me included. Uh, and we have done it certain times this year. You know, you look at the home games we've played this year that we've lost. DC at home, Seattle at home, Toronto at home. We played great. We really did play great. We had a lot of possession. We had a lot of chances and we lost. No one really cares about that. It's about the end result. And you could say that Portland were the best team to have played at BC Place and they lost. Do you expect that same kind of you know, performance from them on Sunday? I don't know. You know, it's it's a different game. It's a different venue. It's a different environment. You know, they they um, have done well in our ground. They've scored in our ground quite a few times. You know, but we were undefeated to Seattle for a number of games. We lost three 0 at home twice. So it football's football changes very quickly. Twenty four hours is a long time. Carl, what kind of job are you going to have to do on Sunday? Because in all likelihood, these guys are going to walk out to twenty seven thousand people. I mean, it's going to be, I think, an atmosphere that we haven't seen there for quite some time. And you do have such a young squad. Yep. How do you manage it? What will you do? Go and play. Go and enjoy yourselves, boys. You know, the reason why you, you're in on January the 21st or the 2nd and, and you're running around a, a football field when it's cold and wet and rainy in Vancouver is to get to occasions like this. So when, when, it, when it's here, which it is, don't let it pass you by. Go and enjoy yourself. Go and play with the freedom. Know your role. A little bit of magic will win you the game or, or a mistake will cost you the game but yeah, there won't be no pressure from me they've done great to this point and I want them to go on and kick on further now So Robbo there setting Sunday's game up nicely. He's confident, uh, the players are confident, Portland are confident as well though, and we're going to hear now from Caleb Porter. Been a lot of mind games I think this week. I mean, Carl talked early in the week about Pedro Morales being fit to play, being tempting to have him to start. I think he will start, he's looked really good in training all week. But did Robbo put that out there for a little bit of mind games? Whether he's going to start him or not, it's now in Caleb's mind, and you'll you'll hear that when you, when we play the Porter audio uh, in a few seconds. 
But he has to plan for Pedro starting, whether he actually plays or not. But of course, Caleb is playing his mind games as well, playing up the fact that the Whitecaps did not get the away goal in Portland and how they just need to to get that goal. No matter what Vancouver do, he's confident that they'll get the goal that's going to see them through a little bit. So let's hear now what Mr. Hankey, Caleb Porter himself, has to say. Yep, kind of a final update on uh, Diego Chara and Adam, how he's feeling. Um, yeah, both are feeling good. Um, you know, I won't obviously, uh, I won't say if they're going to play or not, but uh, they both were in full training today. Looking at Vancouver, uh, what are you expecting out of them in this one? Are you expecting a different look at all uh, or a different approach than what you saw at Providence Park? I mean, I think the key in a, in a second leg is, is adjustments. Um, you know, looking at the last game and understanding, um, you know, what we need to do, but also maybe making a few adjustments in the game. And I know they'll look to make a few as well. Um, but at this point, we don't want to change too much either because we're in a good rhythm. We've, we've not been beaten in the last five. We've won the last three on the road. And we've won those three games on the road by being aggressive. Uh, you know, not really playing uh, a reactive game. You know, when you look at uh, the Columbus Crew, that win. When you look at RSL, that win. And when you look at LA Galaxy, that win. Uh, we won those three games by being aggressive and uh, getting on the ball and attacking and threatening the opponent and you know, pressing at the right times. Um, we've also we also won those games because we were organized and we were smart uh, in managing our our shape and our our organization defensively. Um, so it's no different, you know, we'll have some little wrinkles. We showed guys a few things on film, some things we saw in the last game, uh, in the attack, a few little things that we're going to be looking to do. Um, and we showed them some things that we, th we felt they would look to do as well. Uh, things they were, they were doing last game. Um, you know, I think they'll, they'll probably play Morales. That gives them a little bit more, uh, juice in the attack. Um, you know, they know they need to score and they need to win. And, uh, and so, you know, they're going to want to put him in the game most likely. Um, we don't know for sure, but I would suspect that they would, they would want to put him in to, to help create a little bit more. Uh, he gives them a final pass or he gives them a little more creativity. And, you know, they, uh, they similar to us, have struggled to score goals at times in certain games. So he might be a key to unlocking their attack. Um, so we're well aware of him. And if he's in, we'll, we'll need to keep an eye on him. He, he changes the game. How do you feel about the away goals? Like, not in this, not personally right now, but just as a way of, of doing well. I think it's great. It's the way it's done, you know, in Champions League. It's the way it's done in the world. Um, you know, it encourages the road team to attack. Um, so I think it's a good way to determine in a tiebreaker situation who, who goes on. That's why we're gonna go and score goals, <laughs> right? We're gonna go and we're gonna we're gonna look to score goals, and uh, we're gonna be aggressive, and, but we'll also be smart. We won't be reckless, and uh, we know if we score the first goal, um, they need two, and we're unbeaten when we've scored the first goal. Uh, if they get the first goal, then all we need to do is is level it, and if we level it, we're through. So we'll play to win. We'll play to score goals. We'll play aggressive. Um, you know, but we'll also be smart knowing that uh, if the game doesn't go the way we wanted it to go, that we can win with a 1-1 or 2-2 draw as well. Does this have some, in some ways, give the 
lower seed yourselves an advantage almost in the second game the way it plays out, knowing what you've said and what you need to do? I, I think it's, you know, it's tough to say who has the advantage because they're at home. So them being at home, you know, that's an advantage for them because uh, they're at home. Um, but with the way that we've played on the road, I'm not sure it's that big of an advantage um, because we've been very good on the road. We've won 14 games in the last two years, which is the most in the league on the road. In the last three games, we've been very good on the road um, against good teams. So, but it's still an advantage because they're, they're at home. Um, and then I think, you know, because they didn't get the away goal, then, then we have an advantage because if we score, it almost becomes a goal and a half, basically. You know, so if we score, we know uh, they need to get two goals. So that gives us that extra half goal, uh, which is, is uh, which might come into play. Might come into play. So get the local blues, I find them. Sicky user sitting one throughout my day and me are bitch on tunes. Stop talking, I hear your voice. Hate when you rap, I hate the noise. Hate you and I hate your boys. I hate dry haggis, make it moist. What's up with the fancy boys? Gay hairdos and the wanky ploys. Whatever happened to keeping it coy, keeping it manly, the real McCoy. So some interesting stuff from Porter there. Other parts of his kind of press scrum today, which I didn't include there because it was all about Darlington Nagby getting called up to the US national team. He kept referring to the fact that uh, Darlington's going to be away training for the US team, but then back for the next series for Portland. So he's so confident that Portland are getting through. And it's going to be fantastic to see a very sad and upset Caleb Porter after the game on Sunday. Looking forward to sending Steve into the, the Portland locker room for that one. But one interesting thing that Porter was talking about was just the, the whole dynamic of the away goals rule, the, the two legs in the tie... And that brings us now to a section we haven't done for a few episodes, but it's time for Carl Robinson's Big Question. Or questions, as it's going to be this week, because it's a double dose. The way this semi-final series is now set up, it is basically a one-off cup tie. And I love cup ties. I mean, it, to me, the most romantic thing in football is a midweek cup tie under the floodlights... You, you just cannot beat that. So we're going to be under the lights. It's not going to be midweek, but we're going to be under the lights. It's going to be night time. Taking the away goal rule out of it just a little bit, it is basically now a one-off knockout cup tie. Fantastic stuff. I can't wait. A knockout cup ties is something which Carl Robinson has a lot of experience for back in England. So had a chance to chat to Carl just to ask him about what this game kind of reminds him of of his own cup tie experiences when he was a player back in the UK. And just bonus question of get his thoughts on what he thinks of two-legged cup ties in general. Does he like it? Does he like the one-off game? What's his thoughts on that? So let's hear again from Robbo now. It's a, it's a really good old-fashioned cup tie. It is. What does it kind of bring back memories for you? What kind of cup tie memories? What's been your favourite kind of game like this that you've played in? I remember the FA Cup semi-final. Playing at Wolverhampton Wanderers. Myself playing against Arsenal at Villa Park. And we played against the Eras and Petites. And those were those were heroes of mine. But playing in a cup tie atmosphere, nothing to lose. Every form goes out the window. Everything you've done to this point goes out the window. It's about one game. And we give them a run for a month. We lost. 
so <laughs> the point of the story is I don't know um, but every, everything goes out the window it's one game you know it, it's winner takes all if they get a, a goal we, need, we know we need to win the game and score two goals so FA Cup tie League Cup tie uh, whatever you want to call it Rumbelow's Cup tie brilliant aren't they so it is a Cup tie what do you think of the two-legged games? Like, do you prefer just a one-off knockout game, which I guess this has kind of turned into now, or do you yeah. like the two legs? Well, I don't like the one-game knock uh, knockout games, as shown last year. I think they're very um, uh, disappointing for us. But the two games are, uh, are good. We haven't been in a two-legged playoff before. This will be our first experience, and we've got a very good positive result in the first leg, so we've got to try and take care of business in the second leg. I know Portland have been in a home and away series before, and I think they've been successful in that and, and not successful in the other one. So, you know, you learn by experience. You know, we've got no experience being at this point of the season before, um, so we'll, we've got nothing to fear. We'll go out and play. We'll go out and enjoy it, and then we'll, we'll deal with it then. So as Robo talked about earlier when we played his audio and as we mentioned, it looks like Pedro Morales is good to go for Sunday. I personally think he's going to get the start. I can't see him really going more than 60, maybe 70 minutes tops. And the way to look at it is if Pedro gets the start and he's going to play like maybe 60 minutes, I think that is an indication that Carl is going to go for it early, try and get that early goal to open Portland up and... I do think that's what we're going to see. I think we're going to see an opening 15 minutes of the Whitecaps attacking, attacking, attacking. Very similar to what we saw in the Houston game. Hopefully with a better end result of not hitting the bar, having some fantastic saves from the opposition goalkeeper and getting at least one goal on the board. Do that, the whole dynamic of the game changes and the Caps are in complete control. That's why I think it's important that Pedro starts. The other option is if he keeps Pedro on the bench... Bring him on the hour mark. You're going to get 30 minutes out of him. But you always have to consider this extra time option. And we're talking about two teams here that know each other so well. Basically cancel each other out. I mean, they do know each other so well that there's no surprises anymore. I don't think there's anything that either coach is going to do that's going to shock the the opposition coach. So another nil-nil over 90 minutes is very, very possible. And like, like I kind of jokingly asked Carl, it's like, I wouldn't really be surprised if the Whitecaps play four games of nil-nil and then just get through both the semi-final and the final on penalties. But if Pedro comes on the 60-minute mark, you've got him for that last half hour and then you've got him for the half hour of extra time and possibly penalties. But to do that, it's kind of taking a more defensive approach that you're going to sit back and not go for it early on in the game. What I think we will see is Pedro starting keeping Myro Rosales on the bench so that if Pedro does break down or whenever Pedro has to come off, you've got another great number 10 ready to come in and that would be Myro. So Robo said earlier that now Pedro Morales, even when he's off his, his game as he has been at times this season, he can just turn the game in a second. Stephen Batesure had a great quote earlier this week. He described Morales as the human sprinkler for the way that he sprays the ball across the pitch. And having him in could be the difference maker for the Caps. As Robo said earlier, he was flying in training this week. He's very tempted to start him. But let's hear a little bit from the man himself. How healthy does he feel going into this game on Sunday? Is he good to go? 
and how long could he maybe actually play for? So let's hear a little bit now from Pedro Morales. How are you feeling before the big match on Sunday? Fit, healthy, ready to go? Yeah, um, I feel okay. I feel I feel good, really good this this week in the training, and not feel nothing in my hamstring, my back is okay. And that's just wait for the moment, the Sunday. Just now relaxing at home, we play with the, my son and just wait for, for the Sunday. The How game. many minutes do you think you can play? Because last game, San Jose, you played about 20 <coughs> minutes then had to come out again. 90, 90 minutes. 90 minutes? Yeah. <laughs> but the coaches won't play you 90 minutes though. I don't know. Yes. Yeah, I feel okay. But uh, maybe you need, um, you need, yes. Maybe the motivation, I have, como puedo decir que la motivación me hace jugar 90 minutos. He has the motivation to play the 90 minutes. He has the will to do it. I think so too, the, this Sunday play, but uh, I don't know if he play the first 11 or come in the bench. I don't know. Pedro, does this team need to play like a full strong attack game or can you do 0-0, go to penalties? No, what do you think? Just... No. Yes. I think so. The mentality now for the club, for the for the the coach and the 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 guy in the in the, in the team is 100% the head to win, they score goals, no try tie zero zero and then penalty, no just win. Relaxed and fun Pedro Morales there. He wants to go the whole 90. Well, we see it. Hey, don't write it off. You never know. So from one player that looks like he's definitely going to feature now on Sunday to a player that definitely isn't. Central defender Pamidou Ka picked up an injury towards the end of the season against Dallas. Groin injury. Or as Robo described it, his groin was hanging off. One of my favourite quotes from the season, that. We'd heard murmurs. We talked about it in the last podcast. The past season was done. Didn't look like he was going to be able to get, get over this. Depending on how deep the, the caps go, there is a chance he might be back. But he's such an influential figure in the dressing room. And you, you can see it in the training pitch as well. He's been on the sideline all week, like joking, shouting at the players, just encouraging them. It, it, it's He's fantastic to watch. He just motivates them and he's an inspiration to them so much. So much so that Robo took him down to Portland last weekend, kind of in a mentoring and motivational role, just because he's just, a great guy to have around, as we say. And I don't know if you saw it on Twitter, and there's going to be a story up on MLS Soccer on Saturday, so depending on when you're listening to this, check that out as well. Pa bought all the players, all the management, and all the club staff championship rings to commemorate the club's first ever Canadian championship win back in August against Montreal. And it was a fantastic gesture. It was all out of his own pocket. It was a friend, of, he designed them, and it's a friend of his that makes the ring, so he got them all done. Beautifully presented in a box. And if you didn't see the photos, it's to put it into context, it's the kind of championship ring that you, you see in football, American football, like hockey, Super Bowl rings, that kind of stuff. Beautiful silver rings with some diamond studs in it, just to celebrate that Canadian championship victory. An absolutely amazing gesture, and it, it's just... <sighs> Basically, it's just pa. It's like that's what he's like as a as a guy, and it kind of blew everyone away. And when I saw it, it kind of just blew me away as well. But it kind of just shows what an important cog to this team Pamadou Ka is. 
So myself and Har asked Car what training on Friday, just a little bit about Car, about the rings and just what he brings to the locker room at this time when he's not able to play. So here's Robo on Palmadou Car. Coach, last Friday, Palmadou Car presented teammates, coaching staff, the very nice Canadian Championship design ring. What did that do for the confidence, the camaraderie and the spirit of the team? I think it, it shows a lot about his character. It shows a lot about what he thinks of the team and the club. Um, and, and the team embraced it because he didn't need to do it. He did it off his own back. And, you know, when you have a, a special atmosphere or a special group of players like we do in the locker room, we've said all along, I think the players have been open about it to you guys and said, you know, it is one of the best spirits we've had. And we don't say that because we have to say it and to keep you guys off our back. We say it because we actually mean it. And gestures like that, I think, show what, you know, how special the atmosphere has been throughout the season and, you know, and will continue to be over hopefully in a few more games Usually after. it's a medal awarded. Have you ever seen a player do something that generous? No, no, I haven't. I know, obviously, if you win MLS Cup, you get a ring. Or I think the, the hockey boys get rings as well, but I'm not a big ring fan. So having a big, thick ring is probably not suitable on a little Welsh hand, which I've got. <laughs> you brought Pa in for this kind of thing, like his off-the-field stuff as well as on the pitch. How do you feel he's been this year? Just You took him down to Portland, obviously injured, but just to have him around at this time of the season, what does it mean having a player like that? Vitally important. You know, I took him to Portland because he's a big part of this club and I wanted him to be a big part of this club uh, and beyond this year because he's, he's got so much influence in that locker room. Um, you know, strong players, strong characters, big leaders, have big egos, have big um, leadership qualities, and you've got to manage him. I've got no problem with him having you know, a, a lot of respect in that locker room and a lot of control in that locker room, and I want it to continue. I know that's what he had at Portland, uh, which is why I brought him to this club, because I felt with all the young players that we have in our locker room and the direction of this club, we're, we're trying to identify, coach and develop these young players. It's important you have good characters and good leaders, and he fitted the bill in all aspects. You know, he, He's played a number of games this year, probably more so than originally I thought, probably more so than originally he thought, uh, and he's done very well. Uh, he's been a big part of the success we've had at the club, but I'll never underestimate how important he is in that locker room for me, and that's why I think I've got the respect of him, and you know, he certainly got the respect of me. So was Carl Robinson just saying a few words on Pamaduka and just the, the importance that he is in the locker room. Now, sadly for Pa, he's not going to be playing. He's going to be a spectator. And for a guy that used to be with the Portland Timbers for two years, he's so keen to beat them. He just wants to be on that pitch beating them. So we got a chance on Friday to, to sit down with Pa and have a, a really fun and really interesting, I think, 10-minute chat with, with Pa just about his season so far. It's, it's been his best ever season in MLS. He's got two goals more than he's got in any other season. He's made more appearances this season for the Whitecaps than he did uh, in the previous two seasons that he was with Portland. And he he's just formed a great bond both on and off the pitch with Kendall Waston. It's recorded outside the the training centre laundry room, so I'll apologise for some noise in advance, slamming doors, things getting wheeled back and forward, laundry on, but um, it's not too distracting. But I chat with Pa about a number of things, just about this season, about about the rings that he presented, and Carol kind of let slip when he was talking there about how important Cat is to the team this year and next year. So can we read into that, that, that Pa is definitely coming back next year? Well, we asked him that as well. So let's hear now from Pamaduka. 
Uh, so, Pai, you've had your first season here with the Whitecaps. Mm -hmm. First thing to really ask you, I guess, just now is how you feel and how, how is the injury now? Yeah, the injury is uh, progressing. And uh, sadly, I will not be able to be on the pitch, which is killing me because it's a game I would really love to be part of. But now I will be part of uh, I will still be part of it, but not playing the game, but being a, being a support of our team. Uh, is this you done for the season then, like if they get through to the later rounds or is there still hope that you, you might recover? Well, it's recovering good, so it depends on how far we're going and the more we go in the further state and the more the injury is healing the way we want it, then there's a slight possibility, yes, always. Um, now you were talking about like being a supporter off the pitch. Mm -hmm. I was, was speaking to Carol earlier today and he was saying, like we all know what a great asset you are on the pitch, but also off the pitch as well. You've, you've been fantastic in the locker room. The thing with the, the rings, which you did last week as well, I mean, that, that was a wonderful touch. But what was behind that? What made you decide to, to do that? No, it's like, um, like I said, you know, first of all, we have a, we have a wonderful uh, coach. And deservedly so for me, he should be MLS Coach of the Year, just to get it out of the way, because... When you see what he has done with the young kids and the way we've been performed, and he, he was here last year, the team made playoffs. This year again, we finished second, won the Canadian Cup, and still had possibility to win Supporter Shield if we were a little bit lucky. But far from that, from my point of view, it was more of a gesture because, um, I, like, it's a North American tradition. First of all, if you win something, and I think that we winning by the Canadian Cup, we also set ourselves. A step in the a step in the good direction because yeah we never won it before and to win it and for me because football people have always short-term memories so that was for me that for our team to remember that what kind of great team we are but also how we can be the best in terms of reaching our goals which was Canadian Cup going further in the Champions League MLS supporter shield in the MLS Cup and that was also a part being as a motivator trying to motivate them knowing them yeah we achieved something but we have a greater goal to achieve uh, you, you've played in a lot of countries around the world you've had a, a good long career but the, the atmosphere in this locker room so many of the guys say it's like the best that they've ever kind of had mm -hmm. uh, how does it compare with other dressing rooms that you've been in in, in your career well you know a good dressing room always start with the with the with the coach and what kind of players he brings in and what he wants from his team. And from that uh, part, you know, it will translate down to the player, what kind of coach you have. If you have an open, transparent, honest coach, you know, that will rub off players. And he's been a player, which is a massive thing, uh, part things that people really underestimate in soccer. Rather than having somebody who come out of college, you know, you never dealt with professionals, you don't know how the links are. But when you have somebody who played the game, because he can also relate to what kind of emotion, what kind of state of mind a plays, because he's been there, done it. And also when you assemble a group, uh, a core, because he has a core with uh, Jordan, who's been one of the longest serving players, Rusty, you have uh, Tybert, you know, you know, and you bring... All the guys, you know, like Robert Earnshaw, myself, Mauro Rosales, uh, Pedro, Kendall, you know, these all the guys who have experience, who's been around the block, and to help uh, with the young kids because we are the youngest team in MLS. And he and the coach have uh, mixed it with the experience 
in uh, a young core and you see like the development of the place has been amazing and everybody's coming to work every single day happy want to work get want to get better and and that is why you also play the game but like i said the way the coach bring players and how he is giving every player a chance yeah you know a player coming knowing that okay if i do my best i'll get my chance so it's also down to the coach and his staff now, when when Carol got in touch with you about coming here, mm. you'd been with Portland for a couple of seasons. Did did you have any doubts about going to like one of the the rivals of the team that you were with, or was it an easy decision to come up to here? Well, you know, I had two two very good seasons in Portland. The first year we went to the conference final and uh, won the Western uh, Conference regular season. But you know, uh, like I said, uh, you also need a coach that believes in you and a coach that's really is honest and being truthful and that and that's what you have with Carl so that for me was very important and in football uh, people tend to say yeah, yeah he left here because when people don't know the full detail of why somebody else leave you know it's easy just to judge the player that left but the thing for me is listen if I'm not feeding my family who else is going to feed my family you know? now you're one of the players when you play on a team against like when you're playing against the White Caps, we hate you because you're one of those kind of players. But when you play with us, we love you. Is, is that how it's always been like throughout your career? You you like to get under like people's skins a bit when you're playing against them. And well, for me, it's one thing. I play to win, and that has been like this all my career. And when I step on the pitch, it doesn't matter which team I play for. I will also always make sure I give hundred percent because by the end of the day, I want to look myself in the mirror, look my family and look my wife in the eyes and knowing that, okay, I gave my all. And, you know, you, it, with this game, you never know when it can end. So for me, every single day is trying to make it through the day. And after that, it's just like, I love this game, you know. I will die for this game. But, like, for me, every team I play, you play for the, you play for the club. You made 25 appearances this season. It was 20, I think, in both the seasons with Portland. Carol was saying that you've probably played more games than maybe even you expected when you came here. Did you expect to play as much? When you saw the number of centre-backs that were at the club, did you think you would have played as many games this year? I believed I could play 34 games. But like I said, I'm a competitor and uh, I want to play every single game. And the coach knows that, but also, like... I know myself, it's not like I'm 20 or 21, I'm 35, but my body still looks like I'm 25. So for me, it's not, I've always said it's not, it's not about age. You know, people tend to put an age on somebody, say, if I can still move and they cannot still pass me in training or I can still keep up, yeah, then why not? I want to play every single game. The coach knows that, everybody knows that, but with the players we have as well, and for a guy like me to sit down and uh, watch a guy like Timmy play, I love it because I know his quality is shining through and he's been being wonderful and that goes for Christian Dean as well who also stepped up in his game when both me and Kendall were out in Portland. So I have no problem with that because in every team you need competition. You, need, you, you, you know, you got to stay sharp. And when it comes to the future, who knows, but we're still here. And the, the partnership you've had with Kendall, you saw it at pre-season. Like the two of you seemed to bond right away and laughing and joking and, and like great on the pitch did you just hit it off with him right away it's, it's like of all your centre back partners where does he kind of rate not just on the pitch but just like your relationship with him off it 
Well, playing for 18 years, of course, you will go through career with um, with a lot of uh, partnership at the back. And for me, uh, I'll definitely rate Kendall as one of the best that I that I that I've that I've played with, because from his heart, everything is genuine, and that's what I love about him. And when he step in on pitch, he's a winner. He's not gonna hide or he's not gonna try to. Uh, make other people look bad and he will do his ability to help people and that's what I like and off the pitch he's a tremendous character you know and a lovable guy you know a family man just like me and you know and when you play in the same position and I just love it because his willingness to improve every day is just it's just pure amazing and for me without shadow of a doubt this year he's the best defender in the league and I think he should win it not because I'm his teammate but stats speak for himself and uh, David as well, this of goalie of the year. And becoming a father this year yourself, yeah. has that changed? How has that changed you? Oh yeah, no, the perspective of life is different when you have a kid because growing up and seeing my father and you know, talk with him and you know, the people or people have babies, you talk with them and they always say, yeah, life changes when you have a kid. You don't fully realise it until you have yours. So for me, it's like life changing and I'm enjoying every moment of it. So even before, after a loss, Nobody could ever talk to me if I lose a game. But now, yeah, you see your baby smile and just, yeah, you just, you just forget about everything else and you're just happy with her. So, Carol was just saying earlier, you're a big part of this club this season. But he also said, and I don't know if it was a slip, but he said in next year as well. Does that mean you're definitely back with Vancouver next year? It's football, huh? If the coaches said so, yes. So I hope so. But we, nothing is signed yet, so we have to wait and see. That's great. Thank you so much for your time. Welcome, boss. Thanks, Pa. So that was a very enjoyable chat with Pa Maduka there. Now, I've been wanting to kind of sit down with Pa for most of the season. I don't know, things always cropped up, never got a chance to, to actually do that. But we're hopefully going to sit down with him again uh, in a few weeks' time and maybe do a teammates thing and, and just chat a little bit more to him because he, he's a great guy. He's a lot like Kendall Waston in that on the pitch, he's an absolute beast. Off the pitch, he is just like one of the nicest guys going. And he's got such a deadpan sense of humour as well that I think sometimes when journalists are talking to him, they don't know if he's kidding or not. But he just fantastic deadpan delivery. And I'll be honest, when the Whitecaps signed him, I was a little bit unsure. I was a big fan of Andy O'Brien, and I've said this before in the podcast. And as I said when, when I was speaking to Pa there, he's the kind of player, when he plays against your team, you hate him. He's dirty, he goes in hard, he winds up the opponents, and when he's playing against you, you hate that. But when he's playing for you, he is a guy that it's hard not to love. Yep, he's made a few maybe scary mistakes earlier on the season. Kind of was working out, we are joking, it was like that he had that one mistake per game. None of them, though, were ever really punished, which was, was fantastic. But the partnership that he formed with Kendall on the pitch... And as we kind of talked about a little bit there, the work that he's done off the pitch with Tim Parker and Christian Dean has been phenomenal. They've both said how much they've learned from Pa. 
and just what he brings overall to the dressing room, just that fun, really, and the dressing room needs that, and the dressing room all respects Pa, and it's great to have him at the club, and it looks like it's going to be here next season, which we're absolutely delighted about. An interesting thing that he kind of said in the interview there, now it might just have been a throwaway line, or you could read into it that it was a little dig at Caleb Porter, but it was kind of espousing the virtues and the qualities of Carl Robinson there. He talked about how Carl had been a former player and gets the respect that way and knows how to deal with professionals. And he said, if you noticed, unlike a manager coming out of college who's only dealt with college players and doesn't know how to deal with professionals. A little dig at Caleb Porter? Maybe not, but we'd like to think it was. So we're coming to the end of this special Vancouver Portland preview podcast. And it's been brought to you by a, a lot of Scottish things. Scottish presenter, myself. Some Scottish rap in there from Mad Hat McGore. Whilst editing the podcast, I was kind of being a little bit too traditionally Scottish and, and I didn't have some iron brew, although I do have some in the fridge. But I was having some well-fired Scottish bread, which I, I bought from Celtic Treasure Chest. 41st in Dunbar, bought that on the way home from training. Spread on it some Mackay's Scottish Strawberry Jam. I, I do eat more than just Scottish food, I would like to point out, but that, that basically has been what has fueled this podcast editing session tonight. So, talking of jam, something we haven't done for a few episodes now in the podcast is our now famous, infamous, I don't know what you'd call it, I like to think legendary section, jam. So let's do a double dose of jam now, where we're going to hear from Kikuta Mani, and then we're going to have Har asking Pedro Morales what is his favourite jam. What's your favourite jam? Traffic jam. What's wrong with raspberry? What's wrong with plum? How's about a blob of elderberry on a scone? What's your favourite jam? So say you were having a scone or a piece of bread or something and you want to put some jam on it. Okay. What's your favourite kind of jam? What's my favourite kind of jam? <sighs> That's a good one. Uh, <laughs> nah, I don't. To be honest, I just go pick one up from the store. I don't really look at the names. Yeah, I just. Uh, what kind of flavor? Like, what, what kind of strawberry? A strawberry one, yeah. Favorite uh, marmalade? Marmalade? Marmalade, Mora. The mora. Blueberry. Blueberry. Yeah, yeah, this is my favorite. Yeah. Well, when you, when you score, maybe the supporters can throw blueberries for you. <laughs> <laughs> Not in the uh, white jersey. No, no, no. Gracias, good Thank luck. Thank you. Gracias, thanks. What's your favourite jam? So Amani and Pedro Morales there talking about their favourite jam. Once again, for the record, just want to stress, strawberry and rhubarb is the correct answer. So that is it now for this episode of the podcast. Hopefully we're going to bring you a post-game show on Sunday. Depends how the game goes. If the Caps lose... Not sure I can really bring myself to, to do that, but we'll kind of see how things go. Anyway, hope you've enjoyed this. I think it's been a, a really good episode of the podcast. A lot of interesting chat in there. Some good interviews, just a, some good banter, some good chat. 
hopefully it's kind of killed some time for you as you're just counting down the hours until kick-off 7pm Sunday. Can't wait. So all that's left to say is I've been Michael McCall. You can follow me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. Read all our stuff away from the numbers online at AFTN.ca. I'm also the Whitecats beat reporter for MLSsoccer.com. So read all my stuff for that. A few good things up on the site this week, including some of them which was a lot of fun to put together, which was 10 fun facts about Kakuta Mani. And it was, it was, we had a lot of fun sitting down with Kakuta when, when I did that. So much so that we got a lot of extras that we're going to put in our special Christmas episode of the podcast. So, so watch out for that. If you want to drop us an email about anything, send us that to aftncanada at hotmail.com. So that really is all for this episode of the podcast. As always, thanks for listening. Take care. Mon the caps. And let's just hope it's going to be a beautiful Sunday.